I've noticed that, you know, women, there's not one right way. The idea of like, did you have a baby at home? Did you have the baby in the hospital? Are you nursing? Are you, you know, are you formula? It's like the self-judgment that goes on is so crazy. It's so intense. It's insidious. And we need to know that no matter what choices we make, we're doing the best we can. And that is enough. And that is powerful. Hi, I'm Sylvia Beckerman. Join me today as I talk to an extraordinary woman who is changing the world by making a difference in her life and the lives of those around her. Hello, I'm Ari Golden. I refer to my work as media midwifery. um, And I am passionate about what makes us come alive and the stories and the experiences and the creativity that uh, that life calls us to explore, to breathe into, and and just to to own and name and inhabit. And you're listening to Sylvia and me. Oh, Ari, thank you so much. I am so happy to have you with me here today. There's so much. Uh, you know, I can't even tell you how I came across all of all of what you've done, but it just grabbed me and I knew that I needed to talk to you. Uh, you quickly said you're a media midwife. Uh, midwifery is what you said. You're an award-winning, I'm reading that, award-winning artist and producer, podcast coach. You're a professor, you're an adjunct professor in the Emerging Media and Digital Arts Department at Southern Oregon University, um, where you created and you teach the next generation of media makers alive your voice this moment, which is a collective expression of resilience and courage and harrowing, harrowing times of change. And boy, do we have that going on. So I'm going to go into, you're also a mom of two, and a lot of your work has really, um, from what I can see, really revolves around not only the changing times, but the changing times for women. And, you know, the, the, the birthing, the, you know, going through having a child be born, um, what we're going through now. But I want to go back a little because I just found out that back in 2004, you, you did something. You've worked um, at the Convergence of Sound and Story for over 20 years, NPR Public Radio, NPR Public Radio International, Public Radio Exchange, Slate and Salon, among other partners, but you co-created Shades of Grey. Can you go, uh, can you tell us about that? That was in, back in 2004, as I asked you. And can you tell us what exactly Shades of Grey um, is about? Because it caught my eye and I couldn't not listen to it. So I'd like you to tell people why I just couldn't stop listening. Oh, thank you so much for that um, introduction and just your your resonance with the work that I've done and I'm doing. And, um, you know, I experienced abortion and really until it wasn't until many years later that I 
processed it where I was alone. I went camping by myself. Um, I had just broken up with a four-year relationship and I was just really kind of in this soul searching phase of who am I? What am I doing? What, you know, what is, what is calling right now? And I went out into nature and something woke me up really early in the morning. I was out in Yosemite in, um, in California and something told me, go to the ocean, go to the ocean. You have to go to the ocean right now. Get in the car, get your camping gear, hike out and get to the ocean. And so I did that. And I, I drove to the ocean and I parked the car and I ran out to this trail coast and I just sobbed and I held my belly and I just realized, oh my God, this happened to me. And it happened multiple times. And it was something that I hadn't cried about. I hadn't processed it. And so it was very cathartic just to feel the emotions that were kind of buried that I didn't have access to until that moment. And I didn't know why I was going to the ocean, but I knew in the moment. And literally the next week, I got a call from this woman who had this idea for a live conversation about abortion in America. And would I produce an audio piece that reflected what she was trying to do in this, in this experience? And it was really quite amazing timing. And I, I said, yes. And I did that. And it was a small little piece. It was just one story. But after that was over and I asked for permission to develop it into an hour long project for Public Radio International. And I pitched the idea and I already had a relationship with the network and they said yes. And I just dove in and my, I had a production partner, Jonathan Mitchell, and he scored the music and really created this brilliant sound design. And I learned so much from working with him, but it was really my way of taking this intensely personal pain and transmuting it through making art about it and allowing my experience to drive my curiosity to hear from other women. And so that's what happened. And in fact, from that, I believe uh, two um, documentaries, Birth and Born, uh, about the perceptions of birth and postpartum in the United States. Uh, Tell us what you, because then you co-created the birth tour, which was a nationwide participatory experience based on live story sharing about birth. What did you learn from that? I learned that leaning into change and into discomfort is a radical act and that it's a powerful act that gives life it gives energy it gives it's a it's this incredible sense of source from which to tap in our life experiences and so i learned that sharing my personal stories and hearing the stories of others just 
it, it, all, it metabolizes kind of this open need to process what happens to us in our lives. And we don't live in a culture that does that. We save it for therapy. We save it for, you know, private places maybe, but, but really just realizing we're not alone. That's the thing. And, and especially, you know, when we go through situations like that, we a lot of times think we are alone, even though we might, as you said, therapy, maybe you have a friend, but to realize that there are so many people out there that are going through or went through and, and they perceived it a little bit differently. And isn't that great to be able to understand that there are different perceptions and people went through it in different ways and to be able to share and find, um, you know, even small things that are common and other things that you didn't even realize you felt and went through. And um, it's just, I mean, what you've done in this uh, just blew me away because the stories these women tell and the interweaving of the stories um, just made one huge conversation that is so necessary to keep on talking to the conversation that needs to continue. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, 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 I hear that. And I, I think a lot of times I know I've noticed that, you know, women, there's not one right way. The idea of like, did you have a baby at home? Did you have the baby in the hospital? Are you nursing? Are you, you know, are you formula? It's like the self-judgment that goes on is so crazy. It's so intense. It's insidious. And we need to know that no matter what choices we make, we're doing the best we can, and that is enough, and that is powerful. That was always my go-to. As long as I could say I'm doing the best I can with what I have. Yes. That's it. Anyone else? You know what? Um, and I happened to speak to um, a really fascinating woman yesterday who also lives in Oregon, mm. um, Dr. Jennifer Lincoln. Hmm. And um, she talks about mom shaming. And that's exactly what that is. And you have that in, in, in birth, in, in born, in, in people, in what you just talked about. Everyone having perceptions of what we as women are supposed to do, feel, um, be. I mean, the birth and the born, you, you know, they go through the whole birthing process. And um, I just, you know, as you said, it's a conversation that is, that you found was so needed and so craved for. Mm -hmm. And if we jump ahead just a little bit, because it goes with what you did there with, uh, with Shades of uh, Grey, which won the Golden Reel Award for Best National Radio Documentary. Let's jump ahead to 2014, okay? And yes, everyone listening, we are jumping ahead, but I think you'll understand why as soon as Ari tells us about something called Delve, D-E-L-V-E, -E, <laughs> um, where 
Tell us about it because I couldn't stop listening. How did this, and for Mm. anyone who, okay, it's an album. How did this come about? Because it's one of the most magnificent pieces of music that I've listened to. Wow. Thank you so much. Um, You know, I have had a very challenging relationship with my voice in my life where, you know, my mom is a mythic alpha, super intense woman who I love and we're best friends now, but when I was a kid, it was really awful. (laughs) And so, so I felt very quieted as a kid. And I used to sneak in like the closet when nobody was home and I would sing and I would, I would, it was just singing was just a part of something that I felt compelled to and terrified of. And interesting, you know, getting into radio and the, with shades of gray, I remember recording my voice 30 times, hating the sound of my voice, judging my voice, just terrible. And I felt like such an imposter and what am I doing? And I sound terrible. And so when my daughter was born, my second child in 2009, I had done the birth tour. I was, had all this momentum. We were doing all kinds of great work and I was being interviewed like, Oh, you're, you know, you're doing all this birth work. You're so, you know, you, you really know what motherhood is about. And so, you know, my son was slept through the night and I had him wrapped to me and it was just a very, he was very kind of, relaxed baby. And I thought it had something to do with me, which it didn't. (laughs) So my daughter came to really humble me to the core and she didn't sleep at all. She was up all night for three years. I mean, just every hour, it was totally crazy. And my production partner was like, where are you? What, what, what's going on? Like we have all this momentum. We're doing all this work. I was like, I can't do anything right now, but be with my family. I I just, I don't have the brain power. I just can't do it. So a year into my daughter, Sophie, I was just, I was just wrecked. I mean, it was an identity crisis. It was love on a whole other level where it challenges you so deeply and you still keep showing up every single day, no matter how hard it is, no matter how painful it is. You're just like, I'm here. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep doing what I know I need to do no matter what. And it's just a crushing ego experience just crushes it, which is great for creativity. (laughs) (laughs) And so for the real stuff, you know, that comes out, not because you're trying to perform or you're trying to do something important, but just because it has to come out. And so Sophie was a year old and my son was four, five. He was five years old at the time and he was in music class and he was taking music class with a really dear friend of ours who lived around the corner and he was late for class. And I was like, Izzy, come on, come on. We got to get to class. We got to go. We got to go. Come on, come on. 
And my little five-year-old turns around to me and he says, mom, I don't want music. You want music. Okay. The emperor has no clothes. Like speak the truth. Yep. And so I said, okay, you're right. You don't have to go to class anymore. I'm going to take over your classes. <laughs> so I started working with just this wonderful friend, Dave Rosenfeld, and he and I just started so slow. It was just about unlocking my voice, just feeling it. And, and I have to say that I was before this moment the only thing that would calm my daughter down in the night was when I would sing to her and I would just sing and rock her to sleep and just, and then she'd wake up again, but it would relax her and it would relax me. It was, it was like for the first time in my life, I wasn't judging my voice. Didn't matter what it sounded like. I was just feeling alive. I was feeling connected to life and to my daughter and, just getting over myself and just like letting go of trying to make it otherwise. And so it just really unlocked this, this whole register of shame that I had carried for 34 years, probably longer. I mean, the ancestors, you know, I'm sure it was years and years before that lifetimes before that. And so I, I was just, I would just sing and I would just make up things, make up songs, make up melodies. So by the time I started working with Dave, I realized like there's something here that I need to explore and I don't know what it means. And I don't, I don't need to know what it means. What I need to be is just really present with it. And so we started working and working and maybe four months into it, we worked every week together and maybe four months in, I woke up at one o'clock in the morning with my daughter and was singing with her. And then as I was singing, I started to sing a, a verse. I started to sing, trust myself, which, which is something you know, that you've been talking about. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and so, so that was in there and you finally said it. Yes. And so I started singing this, this, verse and um I usually whenever I write songs I I start with the the chorus and so I was I was singing the chorus and my daughter went to sleep and then I just ran out to my computer and I just wrote it down and I recorded it just the just the sound and then I brought it to Dave and then we started workshopping it and the next night another song came and then the next night another chorus came and it literally happened four nights in a row and I was like okay I'm going to write an album. I'm going to use my radio skills to create. I'm just going to do this. And so I love deadlines. So I, I did a Kickstarter campaign and I said, okay, 12 songs or 10 songs and write one song a month and just, just try it. Just do it. No pressure. You know, I mean, the pressure was up a little, but it was a good kind of creative energy. And so, so yeah, that turned into Delve and Dave became my co-producer and um, yeah, the rest is history. Well, um, some of the comments about the album, 
You are the singer songwriter for women and new moms everywhere. Another delve is for women who are balancing work in the world, family and inner growth. Your realness, rawness, and brutally courageous honesty is a gift and inspiration to those of us moving along this challenging path. And um, yeah, I, you know, the words tell the story of, of being a parent, of you know, what we go through. Uh, and it's not always easy and we start doubting ourselves but we can go back and repeat what both of us said before. And that is as long as you're able to look yourself in the mirror and say, I've done, and I am doing the best I can with what I have. Yes. So we can move on from, from 2014. And then this is great. Your experimental audio projects enlist documentary, music, and memoir to create a more urgent human response to the changes in society, which, what changes? So in 2016, in response to, um, to what was going on, um, you created a mother's lens, and that's been hailed as the genre, the new genre podcast series. When the pandemic hit, uh, you turned uh, your solace, or probably not saying it right, because I don't pronounce everything exactly right, Bending into 2020, a podcast series featuring portraits of wisdom and resilience in the COVID era. Um, and now you've launched Media Midwife. What are you looking to say to women, and I specifically say women because we are who we're talking about right now. Let's get real here. We're talking about empowering women. We're talking about what as women society thinks we should feel, we should do, how should we should act. And in your work, whether it be the album, the documentaries, um, the uh, being a media midwife, uh, helping you know women, and we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. What is the main message that you're looking to get out there? Mm. You know, I believe in my bones, in the life force, and I think that women tend to have access to that sense in a very particular way. And, you know, with all of the, the revolution about gender, the revolution about kind of what does it mean to be a woman and a man today? It's not binary. It's a, it's a, there, but there is a feminine force within all of us that is available if we are listening for it. And that force is wisdom. It is a knowing in our bones, in our guts, which way to go. And I think you know, if, if we stop listening to all the shoulds out there, everything external, external, you know, what we should look like, what we should wear, what we should do, what we should, 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 should. It's, it's, a, it's a machine of manipulation. It's not true. What's true is our inner experience and what we have been through. 
exactly. And, 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 and how to use that wisdom inside of ourselves to anchor us into our purpose in the world. And right now, human beings, women are being called to step into a new way from the inside out. And so I guess my message is just this deeper trust, this deeper knowing in ourselves as creatures of this earth who are here with gifts to give and share so that we can be alive through this time that we, because it's otherwise, I mean, it's just, I mean, it is horrifying what we're witnessing. Yes, it is. it's, It's a horror show. So how do you stay present to the horror without losing our aliveness? Well, I think that's where you definitely have pinpointed the work that you do. And that's why I really was very excited to talk to you because um, just listening to one or two of the songs, I mean, my favorite song is Smitten. Um, You know, the little baby and how, you know, a mother is smitten with, even though uh, you might be exhausted and you're doing it, you're, you're smitten and you hear the baby in, in, in the background. I could fall asleep against the wall My microcosmic world opens when I take the time to be in awe Of fleeting snapshots like a pearl In this sublime sense of time I never knew what I was getting into Changes happening constantly before my eyes. I am smitten. I am smitten. I am smitten in love with you. There is nothing right now I am thinking about other than this precious moment so true. The softness of your skin makes me tingle The scent of you ignites my heart A cocktail of emotion courses through my blood And ministers our natural thoughts I am smitten, I am smitten I am smitten in love with you There is nothing right now I am thinking about Other than this precious moment so true It doesn't negate the challenges Or remove the stains, I guess Yes, madness is a part of the experience In the midst of this delight 
Why don't we go on a little bit on what you're doing now? You have a new creation still point. Can you tell mm-hmm. us about that? Yeah, still point. Um, you know, in any kind of chaos, there's a quiet in the center. Inside of the center of a hurricane, there's quiet. And so how to, you know, when, when things are spinning and feeling crazy and chaotic to breathe into the pain of that, to rest inside of the excruciating discomfort, there is a still point, there is a quiet. And so for me, still point has been this kind of laboratory to explore and express creativity and resilience and transformation and really looking at the stories that we've been through before the COVID era, before the climate era became so prominent. I mean, the climate era has been going on for a long time, but we've just been asleep about it. So it's really up and what kind of stories have we been through that have been transformational before this era that give us strength and a sense of, and a sense of courage moving forward into this unknown, into this kind of, yeah, it's, it's just so much uncertainty. And so the illusion of control is being challenged at every level. And so how can we find the quiet inside of that? And that's really what Still Point is about. And, and it's morphing, it's changing. And I'm really sort of, you know, one of the things that, that, um, that I didn't say about all of the work that I had done before, what, before I did Delve was, you know, interviewing other women about their experiences helped me process my own, but I never actually shared my stories in my work. It was always kind of keeping myself quiet and listening and conjuring and observing and producing and having a sense of, of, you know, my own story within it without talking, without sharing my story. And so, so I'm starting to, it's interesting just at this stage, my kids are now 12 and 16. I have more space. It's this time. And so I'm really looking into my own stories and really starting to kind of craft more, just deeper memoir. And it's terrifying 
but it's really, it feels really exciting. So that's why I haven't, it's still point has been on a hiatus because I've been developing this and also developing songs that go along with the stories. Well, I can't wait for you to finish it because it's going to be fantastic. Um, <laughs> Thank well, you. I just, yeah. I just really believe it. And you've given a voice to so many women, young women, older women who have kept their stories quiet for so long because of what is perceived to be right, wrong, should have, could have, would have, and oh my. Right. Or like, who cares? Or why does it matter? Or it's not, it's not that interesting or, and every story is interesting. interesting. Yep. And we have to trust ourselves. We have to have that trust in ourselves or we're going to fail. Right. And the story, I mean, what, how the story gets told is up to us. That's you right. know, we can have it written about us or we can step forward and feel that fire and feel that terror and it's power. And yeah. it needs a place. It needs a place to be processed and moved. Ari, where can people find all of this information about you and get to your documentary and so on, where, where should they go? Yeah. Um, I can be found at arigolden.com. That's A H R I G O L D E N. And I'm on Instagram under the same handle, Ari Golden. And um, yeah, yeah. I, I, and also I should say this, that I am deeply passionate about working with visionary women leaders who have this you know sense of deep service and what they're doing in the world but they haven't stepped into their voices yet and they want to make a podcast and just to be there and hold them in that process is so it's food for my soul it is so exciting to see women leaders who have had kind of fear around stepping forward and really doing that work of being seen and supported so that they can really bring their medicine to the world. Well, Ari, you have definitely brought your medicine to the world. And as I said, I can't wait for to see still point to see what comes out of that. So I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, please share it with another person you think would be interested. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. This has been a Life of Prey production.